When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. I think that directors, for some reason, just started trusting me. I don't know how else to say that, you know? I think that I I started learning how to act. I didn't learn how to act in graduate school. I learned how to act on sets. That's where I learned how to act. That's where my true MFA came from, was on sets. Anjanou Ellis is enjoying a bit of a career renaissance, and it's on full display in the new film, King Richard. I'm Janelle Riley. On this episode of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to Anjanou Ellis about her experience working opposite Will Smith in the film, which chronicles the rise of tennis phenoms Venus and Serena Williams. But first, our Awards Circuit panel discusses our first impressions of Oscar contenders House of Gucci and Licorice Pizza and much more. It's all on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hey, everybody. It's Michael Schneider along with Clayton Davis. That is me. Hello, Michael Schneider. Hello, hello. Clayton's in the office. Look at that. Yeah, I have a beautiful view of uh, Regina King and Alfonso Cuarón. So you block out, the, uh, block out the, the hot sun when it beams yeah. on the building. And the sound of the 405, the loud. Which is not, which is not breaking out right now. I can still hear everything. everything <laughs> Janelle Riley, uh, hey. uh, later I want to hear who your dog was actually barking at. Uh, we oh, just know it was a celebrity I, of so some sort. Funny. It's so funny. He didn't bark. He growled. And he's never growled in five years at a person. But it was, it was deserved. Yes. <laughs> we'll take that offline. <laughs> And then the one and only Jazz Tankay. Hi, Mike. I saw you in person, like, at the weekend. I felt very yeah. lucky. I went to a screening. Wow, a movie. Mike a and I movie. survived the Squid Games together. And uh, I, I asked the cast how they would do in the Squid Game and what level they would go out on, because I'd be out on the first level, because I, mm-hmm. I cannot stand still. And, and then the answers were fairly fascinating. I guess we'll have to wait for the interview on uh, November 19, right? Right, on Variety variety, Streaming Room. Sign up now. Variety Streaming Room. Let me just say some people were very confident that they would win, whereas other people were more like, I would lose on the honeycomb round because because it's actually really hard. Speaking of honeycomb. The honeycomb round is hard. It's hard. uh, 
I did an interview recently with a, a Korean broadcasting system, and they were kind enough to actually bring me a kit to make our own honeycombs, which is uh, Dalgona is, is the name, and, and play our own games. So actually this weekend, my kids have been like begging me to do this for days because this is the, like the rage on the school grounds right now. All the kids, they're talking about Squid Game. I know they shouldn't be watching Squid Game, but they're all watching Squid Game. So... We uh, fired up uh, the the uh, the stove, and you just put in some sugar. You wait for the sugar to caramelize, and you add some baking soda, and it. And then you mix it up, and it turns into these sort of almost like patties, these candy patties. You quickly put the the mold in. It's a heart, or it's a plane, or it's a star, and then it dries instantly. And then, and then you take your needle and you try to like cut out the shape and. If you uh, break the mold, then you are brutally murdered, at least on Squid Game. (laughs) And at the Schneider residence. See, when they gave me these Dalgona, which are based on the ones from the actual show with the stars and the umbrellas, they didn't give me a needle. So I just used my mouth. Well, in the show, as we know, that's what they do in order to... That's true. Yeah. That's true. But I still lost... I, I had I had the umbrella. I started with the umbrella. I had it completely done. And then just as I was like about to celebrate my victory, the handle broke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. This is so dark right now. It's- I know, right? Because I'm, I'm getting such a glimpse into our future because we are like five seconds from Squid Games. I, yeah, I'm just America. thinking, I'm just haunted by what Janelle said. She goes, she'd be out in the first round. So would I. And I would yeah, like die you. of Janelle. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, first I would throw you in front of me in, in hopes of a distraction. Basi- basically, I'm, I'm, I'm the bad best friend in the show. Um, but, uh, but I'd still lose. Yeah, see, I feel like I would be the, the idiot who didn't quite understand at first the red light, green light game. And so it'd be out before <laughs> it even began. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I, it's one of my fears of why, like, if I ever get on Survivor, one of my dreams is to be on Survivor. I would be the guy that got voted off day 38 and then I would throw a fit and then like burn everything down. So I would probably go out like right before I was supposed to win. Right. Make it. That's almost worse. That is worse. You know? rather, I yeah. have to die first or I need to win. There is no in between. I'm a really sore loser. So we wouldn't survive a horror movie, right? Like we would all die. Actually, as long as I'm first. <laughs> Let me tell you why I'd survive. I think I would survive a horror movie. I would be the person who'd be like, oh, hell no. And never go into that house, or that never true. stay at that cemetery, true. or never bother that ghost. As proven by Jazz in <laughs> Yes, you will be the first Savannah. <laughs> Savannah, see, I know it has arrived. All goes back to Savannah. <laughs> yep. But movies, right? Movies. Movies. What There's movies? Some. There's some movies. There's some movies we can finally talk about. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's start with like just uh, one of the easiest ones to talk about. Belfast is out this week. And Monday was the premiere and Jamie Dornan was singing. Yeah, but if he wasn't singing his Barb and Star song, I don't I care. I know, which is such a missed opportunity. <laughs> Be very disappointed. I have to say, I, I was there and it's been a while since I can remember a great band that played at a premiere i mean when was the last premiere we had with a band and they were so great and then all of a sudden it was like the intro to everlasting love turn around and there's jamie dornan on stage and yes he needs to open for the oscars and angelique jackson did the the you know did the lord's work and asked him how he would (laughs) feel about it 
<laughs> Listen, I also I asked him uh, uh, on our last episode and said you should do a two song tour of Everlasting Love and Barb and Star Edgar's Prayer. Edgar's Prayer. I would pay for that. I, Especially I if he actually climbed a tree, like a cat climbing a tree on stage. He does say that he does climb things, like just <laughs> because. So that that does work. But yeah, he seemed, is, he seemed into it though when you asked him, Clayton. He did seem into it. So he, I feel like we. And also, him and I spoke about going on The Floor is Lava together, and he was super open to that. <laughs> hey, Floor is Lava, I spoke to somebody who, I, I don't know if I should reveal what they do on the show, but they work on that show, and they said, like, the, the people who do the best are not the people you'd think. Like, it's not always necessarily the most athletic. Okay. I don't know if I should be offended or you're trying to give me a hint, but... <laughs> I just want to make sure, but I need to go on floor as lava. Like literally, uh, let me is, put it this way: I think you would do well. I am semi-athletic, as proven by my high school picture with satin <laughs> shirts. Um, yeah, but- well, hold hold on, real quick. <laughs> the posting of the high school photo this week—that—that's something else. People, go go check your socials right now. It was Clay, a challenge. Clay Davis with with uh, hair on different parts of his body than what we're used to. I know. To. It's it's which places. Uh because I had hair once upon a time ago and that was prom. That's why I was wearing a uh, a silky shirt, not satin. <laughs> I was um more disturbed by your dead presidents um homage mm. photo. Actually, I figured out what I was supposed to be, but I will tell you offline cuz it's actually a little terrible <laughs> what I was supposed to be. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't don't, don't it, cancel it Clayton Davis. Dead presidents, no. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't you cancel know, when Clayton. You said when you said I don't know what I was going as, I almost really just wrote problematic. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> problematic. What's my costume? Yeah. Problematic. Uh but yeah, Belfast in theaters as you were listening to this, uh it's they had a sneak preview, by the way, uh, last night. I spoke to a friend who lives in Ohio and saw it, and, it's, and it was a packed theater, and they gobbled it up. So I think this really appeals to just general. Oh, yeah. My mom in Oregon, this is the only movie she's been excited to see that doesn't have Stephen Young in it. Yeah. I wish Stephen Young was in it. It would be really good. <laughs> That's uh, the only way to improve every movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the other elephant in the room that we could talk about now is... Is it Gucci? House of Gucci. House of Gucci, which I quite liked. I and loved I think, it. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think Lady Gaga is a major player. I think uh, we could also be looking at nominations for um, Adam Driver and Al Pacino and probably a Jared Leto. I, I, was, pleas- I was so blown away by Al Pacino. I think we were He's all looking good. at... Uh, Jared Leto's performance or transformation. And it's like, wait, Al Pacino has, is incredible. And it's just an, a masterclass in acting. I think they're so good. Well, Jared, um, there's a physical transformation, which is astounding because it actually doesn't look like makeup. You know, sometimes you can kind of be like, yeah, sure. You put a lot yeah. of makeup on somebody, but mm. he's really heartbreaking. He's kind of like, I mean, I mean like nobody has, you know, any sympathy for this poor little rich boy, but at the same time, like he knows he's not great, you know, and then he's in a family of greats and he, you know, and it's, you just feel so bad for him. And then you also feel bad for Al Pacino's character, who, who is his father, who loves his son, but knows he kind of got stuck with a dud. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I enjoyed Gucci because it's batshit crazy. 
I don't think it is. I actually I think, think, it, I yeah, think I know we disagree pleasing. about this. You, you, I believe use the word campy and I don't it's actually. It's very campy. Yes. And I think that's the only reason why it works. And if it was, if it was, if, if you, if I believed what you believe that it's like a really just straight up drama, then I would, I think this would be a disaster, but I don't think it is. I think this is everything Ridley Scott wanted the counselor to be. But the counselor was. But I love the counselor too. Mm. The the counselor, he wanted it to be campy, but that was written by Cormac McCarthy. (laughs) You can't make Cormac McCarthy uh, a campy, you know, writer. I think this works a lot for everyone's strengths. Why I don't think Adam Driver is really getting in, besides it being a very competitive category, I think he's great. Is once again, like in the last duel, the only one that understands the assignment. And he's in there, like, really going for, like, the actor. Like, he understands, like, character development and all that. Jared Leto and Lady Gaga are just having the time of their lives. I would say, I mean, like, it is a very competitive category. And Adam Driver is so good in the net that I would actually love to see him nominated for that. But the movie is held together by him. And he actually has the interesting arc because he goes he from, yeah, he goes from, first of all, he spends the first part of this movie shocked that anyone wants to date him, you know? And like, Adam, like we're talking <laughs> about Adam be a model. Yeah. Go be a model. Get <laughs> but here. he pulls it off. He pulls it off. He is so like sweet and shy and he doesn't want to end up like his family, but it is inevitable. And I, mm. I think that his, Arc is so fascinating, but I defer to Jazz to, to be the ruler on campy or not. No, I, lo- I I just want to say I do love his arc because you follow that through. Like you mm-hmm. want to hug him at the beginning, and you're yes. so like I think Jen and I turn to one another when he's like washing the truck, and it's like, oh my oh, gosh! And then by so the great. end, the Samaritz scene, which I won't reveal, but that moment, I was just like, I do not like you at all. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of, I was going to say, in terms of camp, I would. I'm begging everybody, please watch Lady Gaga and videos of Patrizia Reggiani, and you see them side by side. It is eerie. Realize it is beyond eerie. It is. It's just like your mind is blown, and it's not campy. And if you know Italians, when they're all together, it is crazy it's batshit crazy and yeah it, i don't think it's campy at all i think the trailer did that a big injustice yeah i think they're they they want to lean into that a little bit and i don't think clayton is using campy in a bad way at all yeah 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 it's not used as like a as a ding on it, it by it's, the way it's, I have so much respect for Lady Gaga uh, playing this character. First of all, she's fantastic, but playing this character who does not start off likable. You know, she she comes, she's basically a gold digger who sort of targets um, Adam Driver's character. And I really love that they didn't try to sugarcoat that, but she was still responsible for a lot of their success. She deserved to be treated better. Like, you know, they didn't, they didn't try to make her like this perfect human being yeah. who was then wronged. She does the best with the accents. Of everyone. Maybe it's because she's actually Italian, so that's probably helped a lot. But I still don't know if Sama Hayek is a character was Italian or if it was Sama Hayek just doing Sama Hayek. I literally don't know. I actually really like Sama Hayek in this because she... I think she, she's fun. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. super fun. Right. I just don't know what accent she was doing. She um, is sort of like the only person that Lady Gaga or Patrizia 
has to talk to outside of this crazy family. So I really like the inclusion of her character. But let's also talk about it's two hours and 43 minutes. Oh. It is. Oh, there, there goes Mike Schneider. Here I was about ready to say, you know what? This uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I want a little bit of camp, so I'm glad Clayton mentioned that. I don't want this to yeah. just be like a, a straight on a biopic. Yeah, biopic. Oh no, yeah, I wouldn't call it serious. I mean, it's as serious as it needs to be. I it's just, really funny. Yeah. Thank it you. That's funny. Funny. It, is. Yes. it is. Yeah. But now that you're telling me it's nearly three hours, then I'm kind of. Yeah. But I will say, is instantly as I was watching it the most quotable slash memeable movie probably since Morat. I mean, even, you know, just with the trailer, we already yeah. have the moves. The Thank memes, God yeah. Halloween's over. <laughs> no, I was Thank actually a little bummed this didn't come out sooner. And, and no, uh, I, some I, other I movies to, I need too. to be eased into this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Next year. A lot, everywhere. a lot of people dressed up as them for Halloween. And their pets too. Their little pets were, you know, Maurizio and Patricia. I was like, okay, this is just the beginning. Roll on. 2022, but yeah. Uh, and then next on the docket, uh, wait, last last question about Gucci. Best picture? I think it's possible. I mean, we have yeah. 10. So yeah. I, I'm so hesitant to commit to anything because we still have so much left. <laughs> but yeah, why not? I say yes. Okay. Uh, also, by the time this is out, Tick, Tick, Boom would have premiered at AFI. Oh. Yay. And Tick, Tick, Boom is delightful. And I think if you like New York theater, if you love rent and you love Jonathan Larson, it's, it's really incredible. I think, and I think we've said it here before that Will Smith, we all feel really confident that he's like, he could and should win best actor. I'm on record now. If he loses to anyone, it will be to Andrew Garfield. I have not seen it, so I'm just yeah. being quiet. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's his Eddie Redmayne moment. Mm. Oh, my God. Eddie Redmayne, when Eddie Redmayne beat uh, Michael Keaton, when everyone thought Michael Keaton was a runaway for Birdman, I think it's similar. I'm seeing it tomorrow, so. I might be able to see it tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm free or not yet for the AFI premiere. But I'm very happy for Lin-Manuel Miranda, like his directorial debut. So excited. Yeah. He needs to direct more movies. Oh. I will give him 30 movies. Do you he, think he knows he, how to direct. Do you think he could get into director? <sighs> Should, yes. Mm. Could, really small maybe, small M. Musicals are hard, man. It, yeah. That directing yeah. branch is really, really a boys club. And when you're a newcomer, listen, we saw Ben Affleck get snubbed. Bradley Cooper. Bra- Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Regina Still not King. Over that. Yeah. Like they like listen, unless like you're gonna be the winner, a la Clint Eastwood, you know, and sometimes they make you wait because Clint Eastwood missed his first time too with, with Bird. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 wanna say, you know, we'll get you when you prove that you can that you well, can really do it, quote unquote. Even when Argo was winning Best Picture, and we knew it, they still didn't nominate Ben Affleck. And he was three movies in by that point. Yeah, three great movies. Yes. Yeah. So, I hope so. But first time director at DGA, probably looking Love really it. good for him. Um, on the subject of Lynn manuel Miranda, uh, Mike Schneider saw Encanto at the weekend. Encanto, yeah. Yeah, brought the Are you allowed to talk too. about it, or is yeah, there an embargo? Uh, Go for Umbarra's it. Zone. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I got to say, I thought the music was fantastic. Uh, The choreography. um, We don't talk enough about choreography in animated Mm -hmm. movies. Yes. The the choreography of these characters uh, was was infectious. Um, And 
Yeah, I mean, it was your typical Disney like animated movie where you know I had to dab my eyes a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, my kids enjoyed it as well. As a matter of fact, as we were leaving the theater and getting in the car, they're like, let's listen to the soundtrack. And I'm searching oh, Apple Music. And it's not there. So I'm like, oh, here's a song that's called Encanto, but it wasn't from the movie at all. <laughs> yeah, like, nope. no. <laughs> it's like some reggaeton jam we're listening to. But uh, <laughs> we're... We're excited to get that soundtrack as soon as it's available. But uh, yeah, I think a, a really solid the the you know Disney's 60th animated movie, the first I believe done completely remotely because of yep. the pandemic. Wow. Uh, but these days you can thanks to the magic of computers. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, solid. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice continues mm-hmm. to impress me with oh, her, her her vocal skills. I mean, so talented. We, Loved her from Brooklyn Nine-Nine forever, but it wasn't until like in the Heights when we realized, oh, she can sing too. And she can really sing in Encanto because she's like, she's in half of those songs and she's fantastic. So. And she sounds nothing like Rosa in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah. Are they, are they almost a pigeonholed her in a weird way? Yeah, exactly. Everyone yeah. thinks that's her. Yeah. Right. But turns out that was acting. Um, so Wait, yes. what? what? What are you supposed to do with movies? <laughs> But Steph Beats, shout out to Steph Beats. And shout out to John Leguizamo. I actually loved him in it too. Like oh, yeah. really, yeah. really well done. It's such a good movie. And I think a possible spoiler, if like they're not going to go with Flea, an animated feature, I think it's, I, I like it more than Luca. Yeah, that's what I, I haven't seen Encanto yet, but that's what I've yeah. heard as well. And I think this could be the one that gets Lynn his ego for best original Song maybe oh that's a flat box. No, wait a second. Well, oh, original song. Annette I, fan over here. Careful. I don't know. Although they're submitting from Annette, they're only submitting. So may we start? Which when I think sympathy for the abyss is like a slam dunk of a song. Our original song is hands down. Beyonce, the most, like probably top three most yeah. competitive categories this year, and that's Beyonce, Isn't it crazy, and Jay Z, and Ariana Grande. It's going to be oh my pop God. stars in this mug. Like, it's going to be. It's, it's like the Grammy Awards. Ariana Grande, our new Galinda. Our new Glinda. Speaking of musicals. Cynthia Rebo, uh, our new Elphaba. Pretty happy with this casting, not going to lie. I hope they age them up a little bit in the script. They, you mean, they need to age them back. They're supposed to be in college. So they high school. Oh, they never really say what what it is. It's college. They, I mean, actually, you're right. I guess they don't specify. They never, but it's they never specify, but it feels I like high school. Was, oh, I thought it felt like college because they were going away and when it's I, when university. I, when, when I saw it on Broadway with Adina and Kristen, <clears throat> I've seen me. it four times, times, dude. Don't try to up me. <laughs> I had an outer body experience. <laughs> Um, but I, I always took it as them supposed to be in high school. That's how I read mm. it. But it could be college. And if it's college, then I think we're okay. And for Cynthia, it's okay because she's going to be in green makeup anyway. So. And she looks so And she still looks anyway. great for her yeah, age. Yeah, she does. I thought it was She looks college. great for any age. Yeah, true. Because yeah. she's university. Yeah, That's I the only was reason. pretty sure it was college. But. All right. Guys, but, uh, yeah. guys there's I've, oh. I've never seen Wicked. I mean, that's fine. You live here. I don't expect you to have seen Well, it's, it practically has a residence at the Pantages. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just, seen it of the four times I've seen it, three have been here. And by the way, on more than one occasion, I've seen people leave during intermission because they thought it was the end of the show. Because oh gosh, Act 1 terrific. ends on such a perfect note that they're like, wait, there's an Act 2? 
I I've seen it once here, twice in New York and the rest in London. I literally once got off a plane to see Adina Menzel's last performance in London landed and my friend was like jazz we have tickets for adina menzel i'm like i'm still at heathrow like i need to <laughs> dump my luggage somewhere i will make it and priorities the man. Stopped, Love yeah it. the woman stopped traffic but worth it we need to get mike to wicked yeah that that, that was just my my guilty admission that, that I, I don't wicked. get mad when people haven't seen broadway shows like like it Especially when you don't live in New York, like it's it's fine. I'm not disappointed in you, <laughs> okay, but I would you. love you to see Wicked. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a great show. I have will. you seen Hamilton? I have. Yes. Okay. I did see Hamilton. You are excused. Okay, I'm allowed back in. <laughs> the cool kids back club. in the club. <laughs> Seeing um, as how this is your room, you are allowed back in. <laughs> uh, last film, last bit to talk about because social embargo will be up is Licorice Pizza. Oh, have we all seen it? I know Clayton and I have. I have not seen it. I can't wait. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So when I I went to a screen on Saturday night, which I believe was Academy, because there was a lot of faces there. When the lights went down, there was cheers. When Paul Thomas Anderson's name came up, there were cheers. Before the movie even starts, it's like his movies are an event. You know, there's very few directors, maybe Christopher Nolan, maybe maybe a couple other that I'm blanking on right now. But when they make a movie, everyone shows up and drags their ass to Westwood. Um, I actually like Westwood, but I know a lot of people were complaining. And gosh, um, Alana Hyam is such a star. I just I was so charmed by this movie. Got to I do mean, a Q&A. Im- Im- impressed by that that trailer, obviously. Like, for yeah, how, how much acting has she done? None. She was the Wicked Witch of the West in high school twice. And that's, that's incredible. It. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. And in her Q&A, they told this crazy story about how the Hyams' uh, mother was Paul Thomas Anderson's art teacher in elementary school. Oh, and they wow. And he didn't know it for years, even when he was, like, directing their music videos because they were like, nobody likes their teachers. Let's not bring it up. Or they thought he already knew. And then, like, he said, I mean, big surprise, the guy is so eloquent. He was like, I didn't know, but I knew on some level. I felt like I was connected to these people. So when I found out, I wasn't surprised. He also, um, I first time I met Paul Thomas Anderson was four years ago for uh, a Phantom. We did some Phantom Thread Q&As. And I told him, I thought you were going to maybe, I was like a little intimidated. I thought you might be stuffy. I thought you might be super serious. And yep. he is hilarious and so friendly and charming and does not take himself too seriously. And I just really love it. And I love that he made another great movie. Wow. Wow. I'm I, I liked so it. excited. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. And I think it is a really strong original screenplay player. I agree. It could be. The I winner. think if you're going to give PTA anything in his lifetime, cause he just feels like one of those filmmakers that, like similar to, similar to Wes Anderson, like they're just very much in their lane and they never make something for the masses. So I think this is going to be their, their probably clearest shot that they can do it. And I think we're pace. in agreement on this, that though he probably won't get nominated because it is a small role, Bradley Cooper is freaking fantastic. He's like four minutes short of me oh, being like, so yeah, he, sh- he should like, win he's so there's a moment where he appears on screen and everyone just gasps because of the sun. It's like Sean Penn is also excellent mm-hmm. in a supporting role, doing like a very comedic part, like the, and of course, Cooper Hoffman, his first movie as well. 
yeah. adore, like, love him to bits. You, like, just you so love him amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's really, really good. I can see, you know, I, I, I don't want to uh, get get too hyped up yet because we have a ways to go. But I could see it, it doing really, really well across the board. But I do agree that original screenplay, it might be possibly the front runner. And, and yeah. He could, yeah, I think he could do it there. It's going to be divided, but I think he could. Hmm. I, I think he can do it. I don't think it matters. And that's it. That's it for movies this week. We're done. Season's over. It was great. It was all fun. Um, See you next year. Lo- loved, loved every loved everyone's uh, commitment to this. Happy holidays. Yeah, happy oh, holidays. I have a question to bring it back to the start. How did your Dalgona taste, Michael? Because the one from the Squid Games event was, I liked it, but I think it made me a little sick. I probably it's, shouldn't have eaten three. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of it, probably. I mean, it's it's kind of a burnt sugar taste. Um, right. But it's honeycomb, burnt sugar. Yeah, because that's basically what it is. It's like really heated up sugar. So I don't know how it, – it's not really supposed to be that tasty because it literally is just sugar and baking soda. So mm. Sounds but, delicious to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, check out uh, – we've got more uh, – a ton of Squid Game content coming in the, the coming days and weeks. Do we ever. So stay it tuned. It looked like right. you had really fun with the cast. Well, I, you know, my goal was to get one of them to sing – and I did. So mission did. accomplished. As a matter of fact, if you go to our Instagram right now, you'll see it. It's already our most watched Instagram reel in the history of varieties. Really? Instagram really? in 24 hours. So check it out. Um, and you'll see you know, two of the cast members singing. Uh, and it was it was a glorious moment. So that's, he could not have been more lovely. And they that's were why all I'm great. Announcing my retirement today. So that was <laughs> that's my final act. So Parqueso was just so charming. Yeah, no, it was a great group. So, um, well, thanks everyone. We will check you again next week right here in the roundtable. Peace out, everyone. Bye. 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 After the break, Ingenue Ellis, one of the stars of the new feature, King Richard. From Los Angeles, this is Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Janelle Riley. Ingenue Ellis has been consistently delivering great performances in films like 2002's Undercover Brother, 2004's Ray, and 2018's If Beale Street Could Talk. But in the last three years, she has earned two Emmy nominations, one for 2019's limited series, When They See Us, and one for 2020's HBO series, Lovecraft Country. And now Ellis is earning Oscar buzz for her role in King Richard, the story of tennis stars Venus and Serena Williams that focuses on their supportive family, namely parents Richard Williams, played by Will Smith, and Orsine Brandy Price, played by Ellis. Venus and Serena gonna shake up this world. Throw it to the sky. Yeah, that's it. There you go. They're not going to win for them like this. Not with you and me on those raggedy courts. We just got to stick to the plan. We got champions in the other room. You taught them all this? Richard, I'm impressed. I think you might just have the next Michael Jordan. Oh, no, brother man. I got me the next, too. <laughs> can't nobody knock it. Let me ask you about something. 
What do you want out of this? I know what your dad wants, but what about you? Well, I want to win Wimbledon as many times as anyone's ever won it. You think you can do that? Every American player got good following this path. We're going to do this a different way. You pulled him out of juniors. Now you pull him out of practice. You do it constantly. I'm trying to look out for my kids. You're looking out for yourself. This is their life. You've got to let them decide. I recently spoke with Ellis about her recent busy slate of projects, as well as what she learned from her King Richard co-stars, including Will Smith. Ellis also speaks about her late Lovecraft Country co-star Michael K. Williams, who played her brother-in-law on the show and passed away in September. We began by discussing what she knew about the story of the Williams family when she signed on to King Richard. Well, I know. I mean, I have followed them. Um, I remember there they did this... um, episode of 60 Minutes. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was sort of like their first, my introduction to them. And the the the, the segment on them, they followed them, you know, to their to their home in Compton. They watched them play. I'm not sure if I, I thought it was Ed Bradley who did the interview, but I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't remember exactly. But anyway, just introduce these young girls. And I remember seeing that in real time and, you know, they stayed in my, you know, it was planted in my, planted in my mind. And then when they started bursting on the scene and started winning championships, then, you know, they became sort of like the wallpaper of black excellence for me, you know, and regarding the movie, I mean, I, I, so anyway, I, I, they're heroes personal heroes of mine, but I have to say my knowledge of them is very superficial because I get so nervous watching their, their matches. I can't watch them. So I can only watch when I know that they won and I watch the like replay of, of the matches. So um, my education is really kind of limited because, because of, I'm just can't watch them, can't watch the matches and stuff. But um, yeah, they, Script came to me, I guess, the year before last. I was in Atlanta shooting Lovecraft Country. And um, I think they were thinking about other women, other people. But um, eventually um, they came out to me um, to audition for it. Um, And so I started auditioning, doing tapes and stuff. And then they brought me to California to, to meet with Will and eventually... It came my way. Did you know Will at all? Um, I mean, because I mean, obviously, he's one of the biggest stars in the world, but he also seems very good at putting people on at ease. Um, so I'm curious about that first meeting. Yeah, you know, he was he was so lovely. He was just very, very lovely. But at the same time, you know, he was he was kind but it was very much, you know, like I was in his house and everyone's kind, but I still felt like this was an audition. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel like I was coming in here to hang out. You know, it still felt that way, but certainly not because he was being cold or anything. He was just being, you know, he was being very, very warm, very welcoming. But I knew that I had to work that day and convince him that I should be playing this role. And then when it was over, uh, they didn't tell me anything, but they fed me. They led me to like this big, beautiful, you know, dining room. And 
you know, it gave me all kinds of food. Um, Good sign, I would say. <laughs> yeah, you know, but they still didn't tell me that I had the job or not. So I ate their food <laughs> and then this glorious feast, essentially. And then I walked outside. Everybody went their separate ways. And I'm looking around at everybody like, did I get the job? Like, what's happening here? You know? Um, and I went back to my hotel room and I didn't find out it was a while. I think it was several days or a week or so before, uh, I found out that, you know, I, I was cast. When you say you were in Will's house, do you mean literally or or figuratively? (laughs) No, 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 no. I was literally in his home. Wow. Yeah. In his home. I'm sure he has more than one home, but I was in, (laughs) I was in one of the homes at least. Uh, one in uh, in California, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles area. I was in, I was there. Yeah. Obviously, you've played real people before in your career. I mean, most recently, I guess, in When They See Us and um, Ray, I believe. Um, were you able to meet? Does she prefer to be called Orsine or or Brandy? Her real name is is Orsine, Miss Orsine. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. did you meet with Orsine? I mean, that's got to be. I would understand either way, like either wanting to meet her or wanting not to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I would have loved to have met her, but, um, and I, but uh, I wasn't able to, I think we were trying to make something happen, but um, the uh, luck da- the lockdown happened. And so um, that kind of, you know, that didn't happen because of that. But um, so, no, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to meet her in person. No, I didn't. How did you go about preparing to play her? Because on one hand, you have, you know, real footage you can draw on, which is Mm -hmm. nice. But how much do you think of her as, you know, I mean, obviously she's a real person, but are you also creating a character to some extent? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I like to I like to work from um, um, I guess I would say I would like to work from the outside in. Um, So when I you know, get these, get these roles that I'm playing people who actually lived or are living still. I start out with a little bit of mimicry, you know, like how do they walk? How do they talk? How do they, you know, what kind of expressions do they make when they're in conversation, uh, the lilt in their voices. So that's what I look for. And I'm able to take that exterior work and then work, work towards the interior stuff that you have to do when you, you know, in order to try to be honest about playing someone. But with Miss, Miss Orsine, Miss Orsine has a way of speaking this very middle of the road, black American, you know, upper Midwest. And she, even though she, her parents, even though her, even though she has people from the South that she sort of lost all of that. So when you hear her talk, you really don't, you don't hear that that much. So I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put claws into that. You know, I couldn't latch onto that in any sort of way. So really what I did was, is I had to do the opposite and I had to work from the inside out. And what I did was I'd listen to the recordings of, they did Zach Balin, the writer and Ronaldo Marcus Green, the director, Ray, they interviewed her. They did several, um, a couple of interviews with her that were pretty epic, long, detailed. And I would listen to her over and over and over again. And also 
Miss uh, Miss Orr seen as a Jehovah's Witness. So I went to I went to a meeting in Los Angeles of of um, of the Jehovah's Witnesses, and all of that I sort of used as my clay to construct something. The other great thing that I had uh, in my arsenal was um, Isha Price, her daughter, was on set pretty much every day, and so she would she would help me sculpt how I spoke and how I, you know, approached um, Miss Orsine. Um, one of the things about with me is that I'm I'm very Southern. So I would put my Southernness in it. And Isha would say, no, mommy doesn't, my mother didn't talk like that, you know? So she was really good at, you know, keeping me honest. The other thing about Miss Orsine is that she has this quality. And I'm sure if you, anyone who's watched a match, would see her in the stands and think she was very quiet mm. and she's like very poised and very, very quiet. So that was the other thing I tried to hold on to while I played her. Has she seen the movie? Have you received any kind of feedback from her? I don't know if she has or not. I mean, I, I think know. she has to be thrilled. I don't know. I know that the family has. Mm-hmm. I know that they they have that the daughters have. I don't know which ones, but I know that um I know that Isha saw it, and I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure Venus and Serena have seen it, and maybe Leandria, Leandria, the other daughter, actually worked on the movie. Okay. Um, but they, I don't know if she's seen. I don't know if she's seen it. Speaking of daughters, I want to talk about the two actresses that play Venus and Serena, uh, Demi Singleton. Well, I'm getting it backwards. Sonia Sidney and Demi Singleton. Um, they are fantastic. And yes, they are. all of you and Will, you really feel like a family, um, you know, and that, and that means all the good and bad that that entails. Um, how did you go about sort of building that chemistry? Because I always think it's a little odd when you throw actors together and say, OK, act like you've known each other your entire lives. Right. Right. Well, the great thing about that is that Will knows no strangers. Um, and he 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 creates he creates an environment, you know, uh, in rehearsals. He created an environment where everybody felt welcome, where every everybody felt that they were immediately a part of something beautiful. Um, and so he, we had that foundation and we could just build we could build from there. Everything that you see, the interactions that you see between those young women, completely, utterly real, real. Yes, they ha- that. Yes, they use the words of Zach Balin, but um, they loved each other. Those girls loved each other. They were a family. They were a family, you know. And you know, we essentially shot that. We started shooting it in early, early January of last year. And we didn't finish really until, you know, the end until December, but there was of course the the shutdown in between, but that meant that, that, that essentially we had a year of our lives that we were together in some sort of way, separate, but still together and, and, you know, bound by this story that we were trying to tell. So, you know, that, that unites folks that, that, you know, it's a connective tissue that result that can that comes out of that. So I, I don't, it was real. I don't know how else to say that. It was it was it was a very lived in family experience 
because I think I think essentially we felt that way. Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like it shows on screen, but you're also all really good actors. So <laughs> it could just be that. Um, yeah, I've, I've spoken to Sanai, actually. She's one of our 10 actors to watch this year. And she just raved about working with with you. Did she? She did. She did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you surprised, really? Well, you know, I just, I kind of feel like the old lady, you know, on set, you know, I'm like watching them do TikToks and stuff. And I'm, you know, I tried to, you know, I played their mother, but I I also wanted to take care, be maternal with them as much as I could off screen as well. So you never know. I got, I have a 13 year old in my life, even though Sly is like maybe 14 or 15 now. And they, they're hard to, it's hard to tell, you know, you just don't know. So. That's, That's what I love work. about kids. Like they, they are not easily impressed. Not at all. <laughs> and you talked about, you know, how welcoming Will was. He's, he's so good in this movie. Um, and it, by the way, this movie has a lot of levity and humor in it. Um, but, um, but it's also, you know, very dramatic. There are these very intense scenes. Um, I, I'm like you, when you were saying that you didn't want to watch a game until you knew the outcome. I totally yes. understand that. Yes. Um, but what yes. was, uh, you know, what was he sort of like between takes? Because he's known as like such a jokester. You know, I'm curious, did he sort of stay in character or, you know, did he snap out and start playing pranks on you all? You know, it's it's very, very interesting to watch, to watch him because for all kinds of reasons, you know. But, you know, I I saw how... I don't know, like just, just the level of generosity that he had. And I, and I, you know, what he does is, is he uses, he uses his humor in a way that, that makes people feel comfortable. Like, it's just not just random being funny. Like sometimes it is, sometimes it's just being funny to be funny, but sometimes what he does is, is he can make a situation less tense because doing what we doing those doing the movies, <laughs> it can be very it can be very it, it's very stressful. It's very very stressful. You're trying to do the impossible in a very impossible number of hours, and it can be very very stressful. And what he does is is he uses the humor in a way that kind of releases that mm. uh, and calms people down. You know. And it's very, it's very, very, it's very educational what educational to watch that. Cause I've been in other situations where, you know, the person who was the is the lead actor slash producer, all they do is just they they make the situation not so fun. And because he brings um, you know, bonhomie and you know, kindness and joy and you know, delight to work you know, with every, everybody, everybody, you know, not just, not just us, but, you know, an actor or background artist who you would only see one time and someone would say something off to them and he would step in and immediately say, no, 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 no. You know? So I have so much respect for how he, for his presence and how he, what he was, how he was able to you know, do that. I think that, that having that quality makes you want to, makes you want to do better. I don't know how to say that, you know, you just get better performances out of people. Um, people want to work harder. Um, when you have a, when you have a producer lead actor like that. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, before I said earlier that these last few years have been, you know, really, I, I feel like another level, and I don't mean to imply that you haven't been doing great work over the last 20 years. I mean, there's, there's so many films I could point to, but, you know, did you feel a shift maybe around the time of like, if Beale Street could talk, you know, the roles that were coming your way, or did you start making different choices or, you know, is it, is it just a matter of people might perceive it as an overnight success, even though you've been doing such good work for years? I, you know, I am, I anticipated that question. You know, I anticipated this question and I'm trying, I've been trying to think about it because I want to sound eloquent when I respond to it. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that, um, I think that directors for some reason just started trusting me. I don't know how else to say that, you know, I think that I, I, you know, I, I, I started learning how to act. I didn't learn how to act in graduate school. I learned how to act on, on sets. Mm. That's where I learned how to act. That's where my, that's where my true MFA came from was on sets being around, you know, actors like Will Smith and actors like Sonia Sidney and Demi Singleton. You know, I, I learned from them every time I go to work every day. And I get better and I get better and I get better. And what I was when I started working and where I am now, even though I'm still trying my best to get better and better, you know, I've come a, lo I've come a long way. So, you know, I think part of that is growth on my end. And then I also think that, you know, I had people that just started, you know, believing in the work that I did, you know, and it became sort of this kind of domino effect. Um, I think Ava DuVernay casting me and when they see us, um, you know, and I, and I felt like, you know, folks just started, started seeing something and, you know, saying maybe we should trust her, you know, a little bit. Cause let me be honest with you, you know, I still have to read for stuff, you know, I'm not offered things all the time that, that doesn't, I had to read for this. So, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm still reading. I'm still auditioning, but, um, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's still so much I wanted. There's still so much I want, I want to do. And I'm just excited that I got to do it in this movie. You know, I was wondering what it's like. You've played so many amazing women. Um, a few years ago, you got to play the vice president undesignated survivor. Um, and now we actually have a, a vice president who's a woman of color. Um, what is it right. like to sort of, you know, inter entertainment often precedes real life and maybe even influences it to some degree, but you know, what is it like to, to see that become reality? Yeah, I, 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 I believe that the, I think the power, the significance of what we do is that what we do on screen or what we do on stage, if you are a writer of a, of, of, of a poem or a novel, you know, if the best of us, the best of that work influences what happens in the, in, in the real world. Um, and I think that, you know, writers, writers and actors, actors should, you know, strive for nothing less. Um, so, I mean, I just, I have forgotten about the fact that I did, I did play a vice president. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always want to do things where I feel like people can look on, on screen and, and, and it, it, it expands the possibilities of what people know can happen or who they can vote for, you know what I mean? Or what they're willing to, what they're willing to accept and, and support. It expands by the work that, you know, we do in the best of, in the best of situations, you know? Um, finally, if you talk about anticipating questions, I'm sure you saw this one coming. Um, Lovecraft Country, such mm-hmm. a fantastic show. Um, I know that technically it's not coming back for a second season, but you know, w- would you be interested in continuing to explore that character if like everything gets rebooted these days? So I feel like if not now, maybe five years from now, we could, uh, you know, see more of Hippolyta. Man, let me tell you something. It's talk about like this idea of what happens on screen being an influence of what can happen in the real world. And someone can look at Lovecraft and think that it's, you know, fantasy and it is, it's fantastical, it's sci-fi, it's, it's all of those things, but it also, what it does and what it did was it disrupts, it upsets things. It upsets a way of thinking, a way of believing. It sort of resets how we look at, you know, American history. And when it aired, that was something that it did. I mean, I, I, there's no there's no coincidence that we're having all of this controversy about critical race theory. You know, now it's all of these things that are happening, you know, on and off screen politically in the political arena. But I also believe strongly that that it's because of, you know, something like Lovecraft happening, something like Underground Railroad, all of these things that are happening right now that are making people rethink. Um, And so that's exciting to me. And I would love to continue that work. I would love to continue that work. You know, if somebody wants to do something with Hippolyta, if Misha wants to do something with Hippolyta, I am down for it. Michael K. Williams, though, said something that I thought was so brilliant when we were having a panel about Lovecraft um, a few couple months ago, an Emmy panel, and someone said, oh, it's bittersweet because Lovecraft isn't coming back. And Michael, in his genius and brilliance forever, said, no, Lovecraft did the work that it was supposed to do. Mm. It was on and it did the work that it was supposed to do. And when he said that, it was so liberating for me because I didn't feel like, oh, you know, I didn't I didn't feel the weight of the burden of we're not going to tell more of the story. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That we, we, what we did was not necessarily closed ended, but it asked the question. And the question I think was, you know, impactful and profound. Absolutely. And in some ways I feel like you can say that about Michael, like, you know, it's such a brilliant career cut short, but he also did the work he was meant to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he did. That's Anjanou Ellis, star of King Richard, which opens November 19th in theaters and on HBO Max. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. 
Also, head over to Variety.com and click on the Awards Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions in key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tan K, Clayton Davis, and Michael Schneider, I'm Janelle Riley. We'll see you on the circuit. <laughs>